The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 110 Third Times the Charm 1886 May 1st Ilium, Colorado I bowed my head and curtsied before I spoke. Lord Hades, I am honored by your attention. But why are you here? I asked. At my wedding, I thought, but didn't say. Don't be so formal. Call me uncle. I'm here to give you away. He held out his elbow, indicating I should take it, so he could lead me down the stairs. I was honestly afraid to go downstairs with him. You never know where those stairs are going to lead. Thank you for coming, and I'm sorry if I seemed a little shocked. I was not expecting you. I lied. I knew he was coming. I just didn't expect him now. In the bar below us, I heard Alan playing the wedding march. No one ever expects me. It's been a good 3,000 years since I've actually received an invitation to a wedding. It always seems like I'm not invited, which I miss, really, because I love a good party. Hades looked sad. I'm sorry. I didn't plan this wedding. I didn't invite anybody. Can they all see you? Sure. People can see me if I want them to. It's only our champions and our priestesses that can see us when we're trying to be unseen. Paris waited at the bar. An aisle had been made in the tables and the chairs so that I had to walk down to her. I stopped just before the aisle and whispered, You're not here because someone's going to die, are you? <laughs> not immediately. But your war is about to begin, and a lot of people are going to die. It cannot be helped. He explained. I walked down the aisle. The music playing for me was bright and happy. I smiled at Paris and tried not to think about tomorrow. One day, please, goddess, just give me one day. I prayed to Persephone, the goddess of life, as my hand was set in the elbow of Hades, the god of death. When we reached the front of the aisle, Hades turned to me, my hand falling from his elbow. He caught it and held it a moment. He looked into my eyes and said just loud enough for only me to hear. Your mother wants you to know. She's proud of you. Then he let go of my hand, and sat down in a chair that had been left open for him in the front row. All my life he has scared me. I have run from him, I have hidden from him, I have tried to stop him. But of all the gods, I have seen him the most. He followed me here from the east. Why? Not... Why was he here, my mind thought. The question I could not understand is, why did he follow me? He could have just appeared where he wanted to, but he traveled the entire distance. He was on the train. He was at the fort. He had followed us on horseback. Why? Helen? I heard Paris ask and realized my mind had drifted. I turned to her, smiling. Setting aside my worries for now, I stepped up to the altar, or the bar. With me stood Polyzena and Ellie. I had insisted they be my bridesmaids. Behind Paris stood Hector and Penthesilia. 
Paris leaned forward to whisper in my ear. Are you okay? You look like you've seen a ghost. He's not a ghost. He's my uncle. I told her. She smiled. All right, the two of you. Break it up. The kissing part comes later. The minister instructed. Polyzina explained to me that the minister who would be performing the ceremony had been preaching in Ilium for years. His name was ironically John Church, and he had a boyfriend, a circuit judge who came to town five or six times a year whenever a circuit came around. Colin had been trying to convince the judge to stay. He was certain by the end of the year they would have a permanent judge in town. Is everyone ready? He asked. Both Paris and I nodded. Friends, honored guests and family, we're here today to finally wed our sister, Annabelle Lee, to... It's not Annabelle. It's Paris. Paris corrected the minister. I'm sorry, I, I didn't know. The minister straightened his tie and began again. We are here today to finally wed our sister, Paris Lee. And, as expected, everything she does, she has to do better than anyone alive. So, we are not surprised to find we are going to wed her to the most beautiful woman in the world. Helen Lee, I whispered to him. Helen Lee. He repeated with confidence. Would you like to say your vows? The minister asked Paris. Paris took a deep breath. She smiled at me. And for a moment, she couldn't speak. Now would be the time. The minister encouraged her. Paris froze. She was sure she could think of something, but all she could do was stare at me. And she was lost in my eyes. I, Paris Lee, the minister prompted her. I, Paris Lee, she repeated. Take Helen Lee to be my wife. Take Helen Lee to be my wife. To have and to hold, in sickness and in health, in richer and poorer, until death. No, I stopped them. I glanced quickly at Hades, and then back to the minister. Forever. It has to be forever. It will be forever, Paris said. I will love you with everything that is in me. I will be anything you need me to be. I will be your bodyguard. I will be your friend. I will be your lover. I will be yours. And wherever we go from here, I will be yours there too. Forever. Life after life. I will find you. And I will set you free. This I vow before the gods. Paris said in her own words. It was a vow I know she had made before. A vow we had made to each other many times before. This was not our first marriage. This was the latest marriage in a string of lives where we affirmed we were once again together. Now her ring. The minister instructed. Paris pulled from her pocket the gold ring with the ruby and the sapphire and the emerald in it. She held out her left hand, so I would put mine in hers. She held me gently as she slipped the ring onto my finger. It fit perfectly. I lifted my hand to look at it. I recognized it immediately. How had she gotten this? Surely it had been with my mother when she passed. Had Castor given it to her? I snuck a peek once again at Hades and smiled. Now, Helen, it's time for your vows. Would you like me to... No, I'll, I'll be okay. I, Helen Lee, take you, Paris Lee, once again to be my wife. In your arms I have found freedom. In your love I have found fulfillment. You are my soulmate, and I have searched for you for so long. I promise you, I will care for you, and I will love you, and you alone. 
I will never let you go, in this life and in all that follow. Now you may present her with your ring. I held out my hand for Paris, and she set hers in it. Pollyanna had been holding on to the ring Hector had given us, and as I reached back with my right hand, she slipped it discreetly into my palm. Taking it, I placed it on the tip of Paris's finger, and then slid it down until it sat perfectly at the base. Paris looked at the ring. She didn't recognize it. She had never seen it before. It was a simple band of gold with no ornament. She could tell it had been worn before, and she wondered where it had come from. She looked at me questioningly. It was your grandmother's. Hector gave it to me, I explained. Paris looked behind her, and Hector winked at her. She smiled and then turned back to me. I need no God's authority, nor do I feel I need to command any type of higher power to wed these two women. I have never met two people more suited for each other, more linked by time, love, and fate. It is my proud honor to introduce to you Mrs. and Mrs. Paris and Helen Lee. The brides may kiss. Paris stepped closer to me, immediately. Her arms reached around my back and held me as she kissed me. She held the kiss as the audience cheered, once again banging on whatever they could and yelling in joy. Cassandra whistled loudly as if calling a horse. Paris broke the kiss and then turned to everyone blushing. Alan and Poe began to play music, filling the hall with sound. Everyone stood from their chairs, moving them apart. Hector pushed Paris out to the clearing. She was still holding my hand as she pulled me into a dance. I danced with her, holding up my train, as Hector, taking Polyzina's hand, joined us. The bar began to pair up, and the now dance floor filled with people laughing and spinning. Cassandra tried to dance with Celia, but the height difference made them look a bit awkward. Nobody seemed to care. There was a tap on Paris's shoulder. Hector smiled at her. May I cut in? <laughs> of course, Eddie. But remember, this one is mine. Paris teased. She turned to dance with Polyzina. Now that you're married, do you finally forgive me? Polyzina asked. You know I forgave you a long time ago. I forgave you when Luca Bella was born. She's so beautiful. How are you two ever going to have children? I don't know that we are, but that's okay. Whatever we do, we do it together. And what Helen wants, I will get for her. As for children, we shall have to just spoil Luca Bella. Paris smiled. Paris bowed to Polyzina and then walked off the dance floor toward the bar. Out of habit, Henry poured her a whiskey, but Paris waved it off. Just water. I don't drink anymore, she told him. You? The whiskey girl? Henry asked. <laughs> Not the whiskey girl anymore. From now on, call me Paris, she said as she took the glass of water from him. <laughs> I wish Luke could hear this. He would be so proud of you. I wish he were here too, for more reasons than just this wedding. Paris's expression turned dark. Don't worry. Everything is set. Your brothers will stand by you. Alice and that little gunslinger you trained, they're not letting anyone in here easy, and there's no way anyone's taking Helen. Henry assured her. Colin stood next to Paris. They turned toward the dance floor and watched as I danced with brother after brother. Each of them told me their names, and I repeated them, trying to memorize every one of them. They were my new family, and I was so happy that everyone was ready to include me so quickly. A line began to form, each person waiting as long as they could before they stepped in and interrupted the dance, 
so they could be the next to dance with me. Once upon a time, they called me Helen of Troy, but I never went there. If these wonderful people, new friends, new family, were going to fight for me, I was going to remember their names, their faces. I was going to remember them forever. I may not have been Helen of Troy, but I will be Helen of Ilium, Colorado. I think I would like to dance with the bride, Colin announced out of nowhere. <laughs> well, it looks like you're going to have to wait in line, Paris laughed. Not that bride. Colin smiled as he held his hand out for Paris to take. Me? You can dance, can't you? Yeah, I can dance. All right, let's do this. Paris took his hand and walked to the dance floor. Your father was my best friend, and I promised him before he left I would look after you. I know he loved you, and I know he was never more proud of you than the day you beat him in Denver. But today may rival that one if he was here to see it. Colin, where did he go? Paris asked. Colin went a little white and missed a step in the dance. What do you mean? He's gone, Colin said abruptly. When he left, he said he was going to be with Luke. I assumed he meant he was going to take his own life, but there was nothing I could do to stop him, and there was nothing I could do to keep him from leaving. There was nothing any of us could do. But I know now, he's not dead. He's with Luke, as he said he would be. Where is he? Not everything in this world can be explained. Not everybody makes sense. Your father was one of those people. He was always a paradox. And wherever he's gone, I know it's where he needs to be. I would question it. But those questions won't bring any answers. Damn it, Colin, you're as cryptic as he was. Why can't you just tell me straight? Because I don't know. Anything I told you would be a guess. And I'm certain any guess I made would be wrong. Someday, we'll have to figure it out for ourselves. But let's try to hold that day off as long as possible. I think it's an answer we don't want to know. Simon dropped his cigarette and put it out with his foot. He took a glass of water from Henry and walked in my direction, interrupting my dance with Mark. Which brother are you? I asked him, as I accepted the glass and took a moment to catch my breath. I'm the second oldest. So, I'm a little older than Annie, but younger than Edgar, he replied. No, I mean, what's your name? I asked. Oh, yes, sorry, of course, I'm Simon. He took the glass from me after I had drank it, and then walked me over to the bar. You don't want to dance? Oh no, I'm a terrible dancer, and we need the dance floor clear for a second. I thought you might need a break, he explained. Thank you. I need to catch my breath. Everybody has been so nice to me, and I don't want to disappoint anyone who wants to dance. Believe me, we're all happy you're here. Annie is our local hero. She saved us all at one point or another. Even me. And everyone in this town really looks up to her. But we could all see how lonely she was. When we heard she was going to escort the most beautiful woman in the world west, it really didn't matter what she was supposed to escort you here for. We all crossed our fingers knowing what she was like. We all hoped she would finally find love again. You can't believe how excited we all were when we got the telegraph and then the dress. So, in a way, we've 
kind of been planning this wedding for weeks now. Just waiting for you to show up, I guess. Is she that obvious? She couldn't tell a lie if her life depended on it. Everything she thinks and feels flashes across her face. You must have figured that out by now. Yes, I've noticed. It's nice. From the moment I met her, she couldn't hide her affection. It's comforting. Well, we're all grateful you're here, so we decided to get you a kind of present. Simon pointed to the dance floor. Paris and Colin finished their dance. Colin kissed Paris on the cheek and then smiled at her. (laughs) I want you to know. I tried to talk them out of this. He took two large steps back. Talk them out of what? Asked Paris. When she felt the rope fall around her, it quickly tightened, pinning her arms to her side. Damn it! Not again! She rolled to the ground and tried to slip the rope off, but then another one fell over her, and she was held in two directions. She was pulled to the center of the dance floor, her brothers surrounding her. Hector stood before her laughing. Another rope fell on her, and she was completely tied. God damn it, Eddie! Let me out of this right now! She demanded, but she was laughing. You see, our sister here is a boxer and a gunslinger, so normally you wouldn't want to mess with her. But everyone in the family knows, if you can pin her arms down, she can't shoot you and she can't punch you. Simon explained to me as Hector picked her up from the floor and all the brothers cheered. I'm going to make you pay for this one day, Eddie, I swear it. Paris yelled as they began to carry her through the bar and up the stairs. May I escort you to your room? Simon asked as he held his elbow out for me to take. You may. Tell everyone I said thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for this wonderful wedding and this amazing party, and thank you for accepting me into the family. I stood on my tippy toes and kissed him on the cheek. He blushed. We walked together, following the procession of brothers, up the steps to the upstairs rooms. Hector opened Paris's room, set her on her bed, and tied her more securely so that her feet could not move. Another cheer came up from the brothers as they stood aside so that I could be escorted in. Dear sister, Poe said to me just before we went inside, We deliver unto you your bride, tied up with a bow. Whatever you do to her from here on out, tonight it's up to you. We'll be downstairs to be sure you're not disturbed. And we'll make a lot of noise to be sure you're not heard. Everyone left as I stepped in and they closed the door. I heard them all stomp downstairs, and soon the music began to play, loud and happy. And they all began to sing. Helen, untie me, my love requested, lying on her bed with her hands and feet tied. I looked around her room for the first time. It was clean. Everything seemed to be put away and in its place. Even though the room was small, there was very little in it. She had a vanity with a mirror, but instead of bottles of perfume or makeup sitting on it, there was a gun in pieces. Each piece laid out neatly. There was a small bookshelf, and with the exception of the collected works of the late Edgar Allan Poe, none of the books were fiction. They were all manuals and schematics, mostly for guns and cookbooks. In the corner of the room was a large wooden crate. Leaning against it was a rifle. Her bed was a little bigger than I would have expected in a room this small, but I knew that though this room was built to be rented out, she lived here. This was her home. So I wasn't surprised to see it was a little more comfortable than the other rooms. There was an end table and a lamp, and above the table framed a simple sketch of a woman. Her face was beautiful, and she looked off into the distance, 
smiling as if thinking of someone she loved. It was just the face and bust, then pencil sketch lines out from there, and though you couldn't see anything as the drawing lost definition, you could tell the woman was naked. At the bottom of the paper was a signature that I couldn't read, and a date, February 1883. Please untie me, Paris begged. Who's this? I asked. It's no one. It's just a sketch. It was a gift from a friend. Paris claimed. Her voice dropped, and I could hear the pain in it. You're a terrible liar, I said. <laughs> now you're beginning to sound like her. I'm sorry. I didn't intend for you to see it. I was going to take it down, but they tied me up. Is this Thalia? Yeah. Paris said, no longer struggling against her ropes. No, leave it up. She deserves a place of honor in our home. When we get a bigger place, we'll make her a little shrine. I wish I could have met her, I said as I stared at the sketch. <laughs> she would have hated you. She would have seen the moment you walked through the door how I feel about you, and she would have thrown a tantrum any time I came near you. I don't think that's true. I think we would have loved each other. Maybe not the way you and I love each other, but I think she could have been my friend. I walked to the bed and began to untie Paris. She waited patiently and shifted her weight, so that I could get the ropes around her off and set them aside. As soon as she was free, she kissed me. She kissed me and held me. I didn't stop the ropes, and I took the bolo tie off of her neck and set it aside. I took her coat, and I undid the buttons on her shirt. She began to undo the buttons on my dress, and with each piece of clothing we removed from each other, we began to move faster. We needed more. With every piece of clothing that dropped to the floor, our desire to finish the striptease grew. Until once, we were both finally naked, I jumped into bed with her. We hit hard, and slammed against the wall. Downstairs, I heard the music stop for just a moment, and then continue. The two of us laughed, and then kissed, and kissed, and kissed, and kissed. I was home. I was home with the girl I loved. My wife. My soulmate. I was free. I was truly free. I had made my decisions against the will of my family. I had chosen my path and walked it against a tide of hate and bigotry from a society that had tried to control me and tell me who I had to be. I played my game and I won. I was hers and she was mine. Hours went by. The two of us, indulging ourselves in each other again and again, the whole time I could hear the piano downstairs. I knew our family guarded us in this tower of Ilium. We had their love and their support, and it meant everything. Here, I could be myself. I would no longer have to hide. I would no longer have to lie. I could be, from now on, who I wanted to be, and all my friends and family would be there to support me and protect me. Exhaustion finally took us, and Paris held me in her arms as she fell asleep. I pulled myself up from the bed just enough to blow out the lamp. The room fell dark. The night was warm, but I pulled a thin blanket over us anyway. We lay there together. I looked over at the door. I knew it wasn't locked. It didn't need to be locked anymore. The music downstairs had stopped, and the bar had grown quiet. I listened to her breathing and tried to feel her heartbeat until I fell asleep. 
This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee, artwork by Helen Lee, performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.